Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Gold Coast calls and the drivers from all over the world are looking to challenge Australia's best. So you need to learn the car, you need to learn where the limit is and in between walls, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, all your focus is going to be on, you know, getting used to the car and push the car to its limit. Triple Eight signs Adrian Burgess as Dick Johnson's train wreck continues down the tracks. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Adrian Burgess looks like he's the first confirmed high-profile departure from Dick Johnson Racing. Burgess will take up a new position at Triple Eight in 2011 as Roland Dane steps away from the day-to-day running of the team to allow him to concentrate on new commercial opportunities for the team. With Burgess leaving at the end of the year from Jim Beam Racing, the speculation now turns to James Courtney, who joined the team to renew his acquaintance with Burgess in 2009. Burgess and Courtney had worked together in Europe at Carla Motorsport, and it was thought that the two would leave Jim Beam Racing together at the end of the year. But with Triple Eight's driver lineup signed till 2012, unless Triple Eight are able to obtain one of the licenses expected to be on the market at the end of the season, it's unlikely that he could transition there immediately. Also, given Courtney's recent comments in V8X magazine on Ford Performance Racing, you'd think it's unlikely that he'd be able to find a spot there. With the Gold Coast on this weekend, Alex Tagliani has prepared himself for a busy weekend. It's the 38-year-old Canadian driver looking forward to what is a unique event. It's, it's uh, a, huma- a humongous opportunity to be able to do it right with uh, the, the right people and uh, a strong team. And at Surfers, on top of that, always a track where um, I've done really well and... Um, and means a lot to me because obviously I met my wife here um, in 2001. So very excited about the whole thing. Tagliani says he thinks the cars today are easier to drive than when he jumped into them last in 2005. Yeah, I felt different. You know, I think uh, the, the new sequential gearbox, I think it's going to make uh, the adaptation a lot easier for open wheel guys. And um, I'm sure that... Uh, you know, like over the years, the cars have changed. I'm sure that uh, the technology always continue to improve and uh, the teams are, are working really hard to make them better. Jack Villeneuve is also looking forward to jumping on board the V8 supercars. The Formula One champion talking about his concerns. Well, more about sitting on the wrong side of the car <laughs> and using my left hand to shift. I, that, that's something that uh, that's a little bit of, of a worry and uh, a little bit of a stress, but uh, it should be fun. Uh, they're, they're big, fast, uh, 
powerful cars, uh, you know, a little bit like NASCARs, uh, basically. So uh, I've been speaking with uh, Marcos Ambrose in uh, in uh, in America a little bit about about them, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Will power the runner-up in this year's IndyCar series is taking a realist view. You know, all those guys realise that uh, you know it's it's a different series, different car, and and, and yeah, they're not in these cars every week. So uh, you know, I'm not sure any of them expect to come out here and uh, you know set the world on fire. But um, you know, there's some yeah, some very very big names and um, you know in the world of motorsports. So it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. But I, I think you know, with having having Richo as a teammate, um, you know, um, I'm sure we're going to be. Uh, somewhere in the mix there and uh, I just want to do a good solid job for the team. Jack Perkins is gearing up for his best opportunity in the main game, joining Russell Ingall in the super cheap autos car. Perkins' father Larry drove with Russell for two Bathurst victories in 1995 and 1997 and Jack is looking forward to what should be a great weekend. I've grown up watching the two races and I really wanted to drive with Dad but I guess Russell's second best for that option. So uh, really looking forward to the Armoral Gold Coast 600 and, and teaming up with uh, the Super Cheap Auto team and Russell and, and Paul. It's going to be a great run. Jack's not worried about any pressure just yet. I guess it's a, like, a, like a job interview for me. Um, I've really got to do a really good job uh, on the weekend. And uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not scared of that. Uh, we've got to really rise to the occasion, which is the words that Dad said to me when I told him about this opportunity. And uh, they're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I really like street circuits. I love the Gold Coast and uh, I like driving with Russ. Even the enforcer, Russell Engel, is happy with his new teammate. Very exciting to have the Perkins Engel name back on the car. Uh, a lot of nostalgia there. And, uh, and, we, and we're even sharing some of the sponsorship too. You know, Castrol's on the car as well. So there's a lot of similarities there. So it's a fantastic opportunity. Spare a thought for the team at Walkinshaw performance. Since Bathurst, they have had to prepare cars from the ground up for Fabian Coulthard and Will Davison. Davison will be competing this weekend with broken ribs, while many will be watching to see if the big one affects Coulthard's speed. Dale Woods has also been confirmed at Stratco Racing, joining Tony Riccadello. Woods happy to get the call up for the 600. No, I think it's going to be really good. Um, I think, you know, just it opens up to three three endurance events, so it uh, gives you even more time and uh, and that in the car, which is something we've always we always struggle with. So we've got um, these international guys coming out, which are. Uh, you know, obviously, bloody world-class drivers, but it's um, driving these things is something else, and then driving them on uh, indie circuit is something else again. So, oh, I think you know, definitely, even with the uh, with the regular drivers out there, you'll see you'll you'll see some um, you know, plenty of dramas, plenty of safety cars, and uh, and plenty of hot. Queensland Minister for Sport Phil Reeves says the excitement is building on the Gold Coast with the new formats on and off the track. Uh, it is going to be a sensational motor race. This. This Gold Coast uh, Armourall 600 is going to turn into one of the great motor race, racing events in the world. Let's not forget about the entertainment, which you know people would pay big money all around the world to come and see the lineup of entertainment that we've got. So throw in the V8, throw in the Gold Coast, throw in the climate, uh, throw in the whole atmosphere that Gold Coast is is certainly going to be famous for fun uh, next weekend. Alan Moffat is preparing for this week's Pertec Legends with plenty of friends beside him. I'll be watching out for Dick Johnson trying to slide up on my inside left quarter panel and while I'm looking to the left Kevin Bartlett will slide by on my right in his Camaro then we'll have to deal with them on the straights and take charge of the race again. Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup spoke about their 1-2 finish and compared it to the Moffat and Bond 1-2 in 1977. 
you know, really, uh, our one too is, uh, you know, a different era, but, uh, you know, it was pretty special when you, when you look at the old footage of, of them coming down Conrod Strait. Didn't have the chase then, and all the way down over the second hump and down around the last corner. It was, uh, so we'll probably have a chat with them and uh, tell them how different it is now. Fingers crossed in 25 years later, Lounge and I will bring our old bombs out, you know, our old VA Commodores out and do a couple of laps. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Gordon Lomas and Brett Crusher-Murray will join me. I hope you stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders this week. Joining us from V8X Magazine, it's Gordon Lomas. Good evening, Gordo. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. And uh, from the Gold Coast Bulletin, it's Brett Crusher-Murray. Your biggest year, biggest week of the year, I would imagine, Brett. Yes, Craig. Uh, certainly uh, no rest for the wicked, as they say, and... Um uh, we've certainly got uh, five pretty full days ahead of us as well. Mm. Now, the new track design is, of course, going to, what I think, really improve this racing. Gordo, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, look, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the final layout. Uh, Brett's probably uh, more up to speed on that than me. But, uh, you know, from uh, certainly from one angle, uh, you know, the cars are going to go around a lot more. Um, you know, it's great for the spectators. Uh, they're, they're much shorter laps at 2.9 kilometres. So, uh, you know, all in all, it should be good. Whether it's taken out a couple of passing opportunities uh, because the the back straight, the beach straight, has been shortened quite a bit uh, and A&A corner's gone um, remains to be seen. But uh, we'll know in a few days. Crusher, what's the modelling tell you? Yeah, well, actually, I had a really good chat with Mark Scafford about, about it today and uh, we've been having a discussion a long because Mark played a pretty major role in the, you know, the the redevelopment of the circuit and we might have even more opportunities than we had previously uh the, the turn four which is the big left hander at what we call traditionally the red rooster corner which is where the second chicane used to be will become a first gear corner possibly the only first gear corner apart from uh, the, the hairpin at simmons plains which some take in second in, a, in v8 supercar racing so depending on fuel loads it'll be first or second around there that'll give an extra probably 70 or 80 k's quicker up to the double chicane at the back um that's wider you can be a bit more aggressive and under brakes there's going to be some opportunities there and certainly on the exit um, the left hander into, into uh, Breaker Street um, has been uh, clipped on the inside and a bit of curbing put in there so guys are going to have a chance to be able to duck down the inside of there as well so I think we're going to see uh, opportunities for all that sort of stuff to happen and uh, the speed's going to be up there as well and you know, obviously the punter is going to see we're going to see somewhere between a 113 and a 1.15 lap uh, the old laps were uh, 1.50 odd so the punter's going to see 30, 40% more racing. Now, one thing we always have with street circuits is those concrete canyons. How t- how much wider have you been able to make these link parts of the circuit? Oh, the entries and exits have been uh, reasonably uh, reasonably widened, and as has uh, a bit of the first chicane. 
Um, the cars will actually start in the staggered start. Um, they normally start side by side. They'll be standing start but staggered. So that'll sort of break up the congestion going into one and then through down to four. So um, so that's going to help a bit for sure. Um, I think probably the biggest problem the, the international is going to have is just finding out where the front left is of these cars in regards to how close they can get to the concrete. And Gordo, that's a big thing. Whilst these drivers are highly credentialed in their own series, it's a big difference jumping into a V8 supercar to what they're used to. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, Craig. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got the, the test session um, up at Queensland Raceway uh, on, you know, a chance to get their eye in. There's an extended practice session again uh, on Friday, I believe. Um, so they're going to have plenty of seat time before um, push comes to shove in the uh, in qualifying. But, uh, but look, you know, I mean, the, the bunch of guys I've got from overseas, they're no fools. I mean, they're at the top of their game in, in their various categories. And, uh, and some of them, in fact, um, have driven V8 supercars before. Um, you know, not so many, the current, the current version. But, um, but, you know, all in all, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously there's, it's going to be a given that some of these guys are going to struggle and others are going to take to it like, like a duck to water. You know, guys like Ivan Muller, I mean, you know, he's very, very experienced. If you remember a few years ago, he won uh, with Craig Lowndes in the Sandown 500. Um, and just more recently, um, he, he showed his, um, his exploits behind the wheel of a world rally car in the Rally of France. Mm. And I guess the other thing that interests me with it all is because it's a street circuit, not a natural road course, if anyone makes a mistake, be it primary driver, be it uh, international driver or Australian co-driver, they're going to ricochet and crusher. They're going to be ricocheting into big packs because the design of this track is going to keep them all together. Yeah, it's always been the same here, mate. And, uh, you know, you just got to drive to the conditions and, and make sure you try and stay out of trouble. You know, sometimes that's possible and sometimes it's not. But uh, one thing we know, it's, it's going to be spectacular racing and uh, we're going to see some of the best drivers in the world. We've got 58 of these guys, you know, bouncing around this place at 270-odd kilometres an hour. It's going to be pretty spectacular right beside the beach in what I believe is the greatest place in the world. So, you know, I think we're going to see a uh, pretty spectacular meeting. I think, you know, some of the guys that have spent a bit of time in them, I think there's nine of the 18 have actually raced them before. Two of them have actually driven them before Wednesday's test day. Um, interestingly enough, there's actually two more international drivers in this field than there was in the IndyCar race here in 2008. There's something like 431 F1 starts between them. There's 126 IndyCar wins. I think there's 40-odd F1 wins. Um, Several ALMS wins, I think 40-odd, and 55 World Touring Car Championship wins amongst the guys we've got. Four Indy 500 champions, then Villeneuve, obviously, World F1 champ car and Indy 500 champion. So there's no shortage of talent out there, and these guys know what they're doing. And and probably you're going to look at someone like Villeneuve, Franchitti, uh, even Tagliani, who's done a bit of NASCAR stuff in Canada, those guys, you know, similar sort of taxi cabs. Obviously, these are a bit more technical, uh, but those guys might uh, might go okay. Mm. Now, the the interesting thing, Gordo and uh, Crusher, both of you, is that I love the track change, but I, I, I'm a bit sceptical about this 600. Wouldn't it have been better, in a marketing sense as well as a racing sense, either to have all the international drivers racing themselves and allowing our championship not to get diluted by this? Oh, look, you know, I mean, there's, there's arguments for and against, but, I, I, you know, on a positive note, I think it shows, you know, um, that the category um, in V8 supercars is prepared to take these sort of uh, plunges, if you like. Um, they're, they're not afraid to try different things. 
this is a, a format that's uh, quite unique. It's, it's not been tried um, at this level anywhere else in the world, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we should let it, let it be what it is. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it, it adds more to the championship. Um, you know, these people that say, oh, you know, uh, the James Courtney's of this world and Jamie Wincups and, and Lowndes and Tander and those guys, their championships are in the hands of, of someone who hasn't driven these cars before. Well, that's not quite right. And, um, and I, I believe that there's a lot more positives than negatives. As Mark Winterbottom pointed out to me at Bathurst, and he raises a very good point, he said, you know, everyone's beating on about how the internationals are going to crash all over the place and there's going to be, you know, binned cars in, in concrete walls. But let's not forget that a few years ago, Jamie Wincup did exactly the same thing. So the most experienced guys full-time in our category can come to grief at the Gold Coast. And that's the big thing, Crusher. The mistakes were made by the regular series drivers in the Bathurst race. I think, I think that, you know, one of the things that... Uh, it, you know, it might make some of these guys nervous. Is that they might get shown up a little bit by these blokes. Um, you know, I mean, we've got some fantastic drivers, but there's, there's a couple there that are probably a little bit suspect, and they're going to be a little bit worried that, uh, hang on a minute, this guy's jumped straight into this thing and, and uh, blasted out of time two tenths quicker than me. So there might be a couple of little worried uh, worried folks to, towards the middle or the back of the pack. I think that, um, you know, in regards to these are all professional race car drivers. They're, they're, I mean, none of these guys are going to go out there and deliberately crash a car. They're going to go out there and try hard. They know that that um, guys positioning the championships on the line. But the only guy with any real pressure on him from an international standpoint with a championship on his line is Prio, who's running with Lounge. The, the other championship contenders are all running with their regular guys that ran with at Bathurst and Phillip Island. So in regards to pressure, he's the only one who's got any. Um, and the other guys are out there, you know, running around and, and driving the race as they can. And you know, if you would swap anyone towards the back of the V8 supercar uh, grid for some of the names we've got in this thing, well, you know, you're probably a bit silly. Mm. Now, the big thing, I guess, is, uh, Crusher, that no matter what happens this weekend, the people are going to go back overseas, they're going to say that they've had, one, the Gold Coast experience, which is always good, and two, they're going to enjoy their racing because these cars are fun cars to drive. Next year, do we see every car with an international driver or is it just too expensive for the government and their supercars to put on? Well, I don't think it's too expensive, depending on how you set it up and what you do, but let me tell you, this event has gained more international exposure, and I've been here since day one, since any other event we've had. The coverage we're getting in the US and in, the, and in Europe is absolutely fantastic. We've got journalists coming out. Not only are they coming out, they're coming out in their own coin, which is unheard of. But, they, you know, they're coming out to be involved in this. We've got some of the best names in journalism in Europe and in the U.S. coming out just to watch these guys pump around in these cars. And I think that's fantastic. Um, in regards to, you know, is it good for the championship or bad for the championship? Well, that just gives you your answer. These guys are going to go back. I mean, you know, I rang three-quarters of this field that's here and said, hey, you want to come? Before I could even get the words out of my mouth, they're saying, why did you even ask me? Of course we want to come out and, and have a run of these things. And then, you know, a couple of these guys actually eyeing this championship, the way the championship's growing and, you know, where how it's positioning itself internationally. Some of these open-wheel guys see this as, you know, the next step of their career once they've got out of running around in circles. Mm. It's interesting. We need to take a break on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Brett Crusher-Murray and Gordon Lomas here with me, Craig Ravel. And, guys, we were talking about the Gold Coast 600, as you would expect. And, uh, Crusher, you never answer my question. We know that the international interest is out there. Will we have all cars, all 29 cars next year, with international drivers, do you think? Oh, look, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I, um, you know, if this thing works, there's no reason that, that that couldn't be the case because if we can get the quality of the guys the guys want to come, we could have 29 this year, without doubt. I mean, we've got guys like Marino Franchetti who's come out here just to have a look this weekend and there's probably going to be a couple more that turn up because they want to make sure that everyone knows who they are so when they put their names down or put their hands up next year that they're, they're taking notice of straight away. So... We could have had 29, so the, the, getting the guys here is not the issue. Um, this is the format. It's a work in progress, and we'll see where it ends up. Mm. Now, Gordo, when we look back at this race 12 months ago, and it was a basket case, V8s came in knowing full well that A1 Grand Prix was not going to be here and, and came up with the format that they ran last year. When we look at where we're at now, it is light years different. Yeah, look, you know, last year uh, is, is probably best forgotten, uh, in certainly the lead up to it. Um, and, uh, you know, behind the scenes, what was put in place at such very short notice was, was nothing short of amazing, really. And, uh, and look, you know, the event last year proved once and for all that V8s can stand up in its own two feet here on the Gold Coast. Um, you know, there, there, there were sceptics out there who said, you know, it's, it, there's got to be an international uh, race on in its own right as well as the V8s for it to work. That, that's, that just is, is not right. And, um, and, you know, depending on how it goes this weekend, um, and I know there's, the government have got a, um, you know, it's a two-year deal, so we've got next year as well. But, you know, the sky's the limit for this race. It really is. And, um, you know, I, I think also this, this, the brand of V8s can only gain on a global scale for what's happening this weekend. Mm. And, of course, uh, it, it touches on like a Macau Formula 3 race, doesn't it? It's, it's really got that build-up where the best of the best are coming out for this. And if you take away the fact that you can never get NASCAR drivers to turn up at race meetings unless it's Sydney, you, you have got uh, uh, just about a sample from every demographic of motor racing outside of Australia. Yeah, look, I, I think it's probably got even more scope than, say, a Macau Grand Prix, you know. Um, it, the, the fact that, um, you know, as Brett pointed out earlier, all these overseas um, journos that are coming out, you know, I mean, periodically over the last 20 years, there's, you know, there's the usual sort of IndyCar, Champ Car journos that used to come out, um, but very few from, from Europe. There was only one year, which was 1993, where we were bombarded with literally hundreds of journos from, from Europe, and that was the year that Mansell came out, won pole position and won the race. So, you know, I, I mean, um, uh, the, you know, the, the interest from, uh, from a media point of view, I think, is crucial, um, and, uh, and it's obviously there. They're coming out in numbers. I don't know exactly how many are coming out, but, uh, but Brett's certainly on, on top of that. Mm. Well, we need to move on, and all eyes have been in goal, up the Gold Coast for the last couple of weeks now, and, uh, of course, it's not just for this race because 
has the train crusher, has the train derailed at Dick Johnson Racing? Are we watching the middle of the wreck or is it actually coming towards the end of the wreck? Well, you know, I, I, in some ways it's a bit sad. The whole thing, the way it's evolved and what, you know, it, it could have been a situation where it was just a clean-cut deal and, and no one's ever really known a true story. Uh, you know, there was, you know, talk of, you know, Charlie and Dick having a bit of a blue for a while. and But, you know, that's their business and, you know, they're winning the championship. So, you know, it couldn't have been affecting them that much. And then, you know, there was a you know, position where there's a buyout and business is business and you've got to sort of do what you need to do. Um, obviously, uh, you know Adrian Burgess has announced he's going to go to uh, to Triple Eight uh, next year. So um, they're going to lose him, and that leaves you know the question mark over Courtney and what he's going to do and where that situation is. Um, Steve Johnson's already been announced, and if, and if Courtney goes, um, you know that there was always speculation that he would go with Burgess. Uh, they both got get out clauses in their contract if there's a change of ownership, apparently. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all rolls out. But you know. I, I hope uh, Charlie comes out of it okay and moves on and does what he does and uh, and that the Dick Johnson Racing Organisation, which is celebrating its 30th year, and unfortunately, and, you know, that's what it should be celebrating, the fact that it's leading the championship in its 30th year and it's just been overshadowed by all this stuff and it's just unfortunate, I think. Mm, and Gordo, it is interesting because... Uh you, everyone expect Courtney and Burgess to move together, but unless Triple Eight picks up a Walkinshaw licence, which is uh, possibly going to be on the market, it's uh, it seems unlikely. Oh, yeah, look, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, the intricacies of the of the whole thing at DJR is. Um, you know, it's obviously, uh, there's a lot of stuff to to, um, to work through and there's been twists and turns and God knows what else. But, uh, but you know, I, one thing I will say, I just hope, I really do hope that it doesn't hurt Courtney's chances because, you know, he's there, he's there leading the championships, but, you know, um, you know, rightfully so because he's performed exceptionally well this year. And, you know, there's just so much going on behind the scenes that it's got to be a strain on everyone within that organisation. So, you know, let's just hope for... You know, it's the back end of the season that, um, that everyone there sort of, you know, puts their head down and, and does the best job that they can uh, to, to get, you know, to get um, James... Um, over the line because uh, Jamie Wincup, uh, you know, closed up as we all know at Bathurst, and uh, there's only 125 points between them. And gee, you know, the last few rounds of this year are going to be, um, uh, you know, absolute rip snorters, I reckon. Yep, they are indeed, Crusher. And as uh, as Jamie said to, uh, sorry, as James said to me after Bathurst, he said, "Well, there's one good thing about everything that was going on. When I put my helmet on, no one asked me any more questions about it." Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. You keep saying that he's, you know, he's got a manager uh, who's, you know, paid to look after that, and you know, let's see if he does his job. He's done a pretty good job so far in positioning what he's done and moving him on and getting him the coin. So, I mean, Alan Gow's a pretty smart dude. Obviously, he's based in England, so he's a bit friendly, but he'll be on the plane. You know, uh, when Sylvester he's probably not out here very, very shortly. Uh, sitting down at the back of garages everywhere and just working out what his options are and where James is, you know, obviously out. He's obviously one of the best guys out there. He's leading the championship. Um, you know, he's a different cat. He's got a bit of that Formula One sort of character about him, but he's a good dude, and um, you know, he's been a friend of mine for for a long time. So I wish him all the best, and um, you know, I just hope that, uh, as Gordon said, that uh, his championships uh, aren't spoiled because of uh, 
the stuff that's going on uh, off the track. Gas and Go is next on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the White Flag Lab here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, new edition about to come out, so make sure you get the one with Lethal Lee on the cover before the Bathurst edition is out there. Gas and Go, we're going to go with a few extra questions here, guys, so buckle yourself in. Will, Will Coulthard get his speed back after that rip snorter of a crash? Crusher. Uh, there's those guys who uh, will hit the wall and those that have hit the wall. I think uh, even though he didn't hit the wall, he, he went as close as he needs to come. Uh, I, I think he'll be okay. Uh, Gordo? Yeah, he's a pro. Um, it does knock the stuffing out of drivers, um, but uh, this is a different place, you know, and uh, the circumstances of Bathurst were completely different. On the rev limiter coming, coming into the chase, it's not going to happen on the Gold Coast. All right, then. Now, Bezzy, he's been a sort of side for Ritter, and it turns out the steward said it wasn't his fault. Gordo, is this fair? Well, I, I don't know what's fair and what's not. I mean, there's conflicting um, information coming from the stewards and the, and the team themselves. Uh, you know, Gary Rogers says that it was definitely uh, the data that uh, from the team showed that it was was um, Bezzy that uh, that infringed the pit lane, pit lane speed limit, but um, but uh, the steward said otherwise. It was Lee Holsworth. So so who knows? I mean, it's it you know just looking from the outside, it's easy to uh, blame an outsider or a part timer like Bezzy, you know, uh, than it is uh, their full time driver who had plenty of speed crusher. Oh, I'll tell you what's unfair uh, is the way that David Bernard's wasted probably the greatest uh, amount of natural talent we've ever seen in this country. Full stop. Mm. Well, it is uh, going to be a return to a combination that most people are familiar with, Crusher, Perkins and Ingle back on the track. It's uh, great for marketing, and I don't think you needed any more marketing angles for this race. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the opportunity came up. We spoke to uh, to Paul Morris, and uh, he was keen to, to roll it out. We rolled out last week, and it was and it was great. It got a lot of attention, and you know it's great to see those two names back on the side of you know windscreen. Obviously, there you know the last or first win was uh, something that was uh, pretty cool. And uh, you know Jack's a terrific young bloke. He's great media talent, and uh, you know given the given the right car, he can uh, he can certainly be quick. And I think those two are actually going to be pretty quick this weekend. T said TC said to me when we were at Bathurst when I said to him how good the weather was, he said it was a local call. When you look at the photos of Bathurst covered in snow, Crusher, is it really a local call for TC? Ah, uh, well, yeah, local call for TC and probably uh, Melbourne or Sydney for me, mate. So we got it all covered. Gordo. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. Okay, the surfboard's Gordo up for grabs again this weekend. Is the surfboard the best trophy in V8 supercars, or do you have one that's a particular favourite of yours? Well, mate, I, I, I haven't got a favourite because I'm not a driver. If, if I was a driver, I reckon I'd have a favourite, and, and it probably would be the surfboard. You know, I mean, it's quite unique. It's a, it's a, it's a different 
completely different um, concept, idea, um, but I, I think if you speak to the drivers, you know, they'll say that any trophy that you can win is a good trophy. Crusher? Well, mate, I'm a bit biased because I created it, so I'll say yeah. Uh, for me, it's still the Peter Brock trophy, and it's not just because it's the Bathurst trophy. I just love the look of a very traditional trophy. Bargs, he's racing in New Zealand at the end of this year. Fabian Coulthard's been told by WP that he can't. What's wrong with V8 supercar drivers going over there and uh, and getting some extra laps in Crusher? Look, I don't see anything. I and mean, I think some of these guys are a little bit anal, to tell you the truth. Like, you look at some of the guys in the States, you know, like, you know, Tony Stewart, they're racing four or five days a week. They're racing modifieds on a Wednesday night. They're going to race late models and they're going to race a sprint car and then they come out and race nationwide in a you know, and a, and a sprint cup race on a Sunday. I mean, you know, you're either a racer or you're not, and that's what you do for a living. So, you know, keeping blokes in cotton wool because they can't drive a go-kart or ride a dirt bike or whatever, you know, is just ridiculous. And, you know, a lot of blokes probably should take uh, a leaf out of Roland Dane's book in, in regards to how uh, he, he approaches all that with his drivers. Gordo? Yeah, look, I, I you know, I, I can't see what's wrong unless there's, you know, commercial constraints here or there that you don't know about behind the scenes. But, you know, it should be open slather. Um, you know, drivers should be able to race in anything and, um, you know, whether it be the, the Melbourne to Sydney bicycle race, you know, they should, they should be able to do, do what they like as long as it doesn't conflict with uh, their sponsor or team commitments. Mm. Now, Gordo, has Channel 7 gone too far with their race finishing about 27 minutes after the chicken flag was raised? You know what? I'm probably the wrong person to ask this because I, when it comes to television, I'm a complete dunce. But it was explained to me at Bathurst exactly why that happened. Um, but it's, you know, uh, the science of it sort of lost me a bit. But, um, you know, um, it, according to what I was told, that, you know, if, if, if it had been absolutely up to the minute live, well, you know, they would have lost out with commercials and whatever else. So that's why they, they built all that into it, which, you know, where you get your 27 minutes from at the end. But, hey, as, as I say, I'm the wrong person to ask. All right, Crusher? Oh, yeah, look, I think uh, they certainly didn't win uh, too many friends. I mean, I think Channel 7's done a, you know, a very strong job with this championship since they've, uh, since they've been involved. Um, but I think, uh, you know, they sort of found, you know, caught a little bit with that whole deal. Someone's misjudged a, a few numbers and uh, they've come up short. So they just need to rethink about it, look at what their strategies are moving forward, maybe look at some of the NASCAR models, you know, which can sort of finish within a half an hour of each, you know, of start or finish time. Um, so they need to, you know, be smart about that and then, you know, have teams ready to go down and there's, you know, there's uh, space to be filled on TV times. I'm sure there's a, PR, a few PR blokes that have their drivers ready to fill the holes. Mm, yes, and, uh, of course, the bookies also took exception to it as well, closing their books an hour and a half before the chequered flag, which costs them a goodly amount of money. Guys, Moffat and Bond, they're restaging their 1977 Bathurst finish this weekend in the Pertec Legends. Will Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup restage their 2010 Bathurst series finish at the Gold Coast this weekend, Crush? Oh, look, they're certainly going to be uh, very, very competitive, those guys. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the opportunity to have the one and two Falcon from 77 when well, I actually had that concept uh, planned in my head about four months ago and uh, I actually signed off at it on the Saturday at Bathurst in the museum. And then those guys come out and did that on Sunday, and I went, hallelujah, maybe it is only a local call, because uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. And uh, watch this space and some of the imagery when I get together over the weekend with those uh, four cars. And, um, you know, I had to have Moffat and Bond here. We got them at the Legends dinner on uh, Wednesday night. And, um, 
you know, they're going to come out and do a reenactment on uh, on Sunday. Uh, whether Moff uh, lets Bondi win this time uh, will be very interesting, and uh, be interesting to see if the Vodafone cars can uh, can go one two again on the Gold Coast. No, I don't think uh, Moff's going to let Bond get past him, Gordo. No, no, I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so, mate. But isn't it? You know, I, I think nostalgia, tradition, and and you know, rich history like that, you can't replace it. It's a great thing, and uh, and certainly fits in well with what happened at Bathurst, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, quite amazing, really. You know, uh, how that all sort of all fell into place. You know, all the, all the planets lined up, and 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 Bob's your uncle. You've you know, you've got uh, you know, you've got the old uh, the ultra, you know, the, the first, you know form finish that everyone remembers from 77 um but from a team vodafone point of view you know it doesn't get any better than what happened at bathurst i mean you know from a team point of view finishing you know one one car length apart um like they did the only box they didn't tick was was win the top 10 shootout on the saturday but everything else just you know um just fell into place for them perfectly and um and, uh, you know, it, it was just, ju- you know, I mean, motor racing really doesn't get much better than that because, you know, mid-race you had, uh, for 20 or 30 laps, you had um, David Bernard uh, keeping Craig Lowndes at bay, for, you know, for, for a good uh, stint and a little bit. And, um, and, uh, and then you had the form finish at the end, you know, just, just excellent stuff. Yeah, it was indeed. That's Guess and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Gordo, who's going to win? Uh, good question, mate. Um, I'll stick my head out and uh, and go for Frosty. All right then, and Crush. I think uh, I think Kelly's due for a result. My thanks to Gordo and Crusher as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on v8x.com.au.